Welcome to Sunday afternoon service. I'm so glad to see everyone here today. Please worship with us as we sing this afternoon.
It is so good to see everybody here. Is it still morning? Is it this early morning, getting ready to go into afternoon? And we are so thankful to see you all. And for everyone who is watching online, it is great to uh, not see you all here, but at least we know that you're watching. And if you're watching on live stream right now, why don't you just go ahead, give us a thumbs up or say hello. And uh, we would love to be able to interact with you. So thank you so much for joining us on Sunday morning. 
thank you for everybody who came out Friday night for our youth service. And we had our first youth night of the year. And, man, it was just great to be back. And uh, we, had, we had quite a great time. And uh, we are so thankful for all of you who, uh, who were able to attend or sent your children in their place. So thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue on with the worship. Lord, we're so thankful to be here this morning. Lord, we love that each and every person who is here right now and watching right now, Lord, we ask that you're going to be able to bless this offering. Lord, you're going to be able to use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you may go forward. Let's go ahead and let's stand and continue on with the worship here today. Holy, 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 holy,
and worship. We want to go before the Lord again. We are so thankful for the positive reports that have been coming from Sister Montgomery as she has shared with us for the Kyle's progress. So we're thankful for that. He is back down now to 40% again after having to go up because he had to have a surgery this week. Um, but he went up to 50%, but he's already been brought down to 40% again on the breathing uh, apparatus that they have there. And so we are just believing for a complete miracle. We have already seen a miracle. The doctor said two days and no more, but now we're over a week and a half from the first incident. So we're thankful for the miracles that we have seen already. And let me tell you, our community is recognizing that. I was at a business somewhere helping out a business this past week and, and they 
all they wanted to talk about was Brother Kyle Montgomery. And, uh, and they, were, they really what spoke highly to them. They don't, that I know of, go to church. Uh, but they said, we were really brought tears to our eyes when we saw your senior pastor streaming what you guys did last Sunday for Brother Kyle and his family going up to the hospital. So thank you, Firstborn, for making a positive impact upon not only this family, this wonderful family, but our community as a whole speaks volume. So in this atmosphere, we're going to pray that God will just continue to touch his body and just bring complete healing to where he is at. Come on, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the rep positive reports that have been happening in Brother Kyle's life. I give you all honor and praise, Lord, for the progress that has been made. Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will go down to that hospital room at mercy. That, Lord, you will raise him up completely, Lord. Let it be a complete miracle that happens in his life. We're thankful for the miracles that have happened. Lord, we pray, though, right now in the mighty name of Jesus that life would go into that hospital room. That life would go into his body, Lord, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Raise him up in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you all praise and glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we'll sing hallelujah, 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 sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, King of Glory. Well, I feel the King of Glory. Oh, He is just want to be with you. You are there, Lord. You are there. Just want to be with you. I just want to be with you, Jesus. Hallelujah, King of Glory. Lord, yes, Lord, hallelujah, I feel his Holy Spirit in this room, hallelujah, his Holy Spirit is moving in this room here this afternoon, hallelujah, Jesus, we praise you, Lord, we worship you, Jesus, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus. You may be seated here this afternoon. Thank you for coming. What a wonderful spirit we feel in the house here this morning, this afternoon now. Thank you for coming. God bless you all. Everyone that is here, all of our guests, all of our returning guests, God bless you. Thank you. Welcome to Firstborn. Amen. We're so glad that you are here this morning. You know, in this time that we are living, we need peace. There is so much unrest in this world from social issues, political issues, health issues. It seems that everywhere we look, as the saying goes, the fruit basket is upset. You know, I can go back as far as I remember in my life, and 
I remember coming into this sanctuary. First of all, the sanctuary that was on Harlem Road, the old Grange. We were there until I was around six years old. And I, I still have vivid memories from that place. And I remember coming in as a child and I would sit through praise and worship and worship with the family. But then when it came time for preaching on Sunday nights, especially Sunday mornings, I was in children's ministry, but Sunday night, I would find my place underneath that pew and I'd go to sleep. You say, senior pastor was that boring, huh? <laughs> no, that's not the case. That is not, well, maybe, but no, no. It's a little harder today to do that. I haven't tried to get under these seats. <laughs> Probably wouldn't fit. But I, through my years, have seen church kids. Adrian, you probably did it. As they would gather underneath that pew. Service could be going crazy, my brother. I mean, we could be bouncing off the walls. And that kid would sleep right through it. Why? Because there's peace. There's a peace in this house. I, I find myself even today, 36, coming inside of these doors all by myself and sitting in here, and even in the dark, Sister York. And I just feel peace. Peace like a river. Today we're starting a brand new sermon series titled The Peace of God. And today I start that series with this message entitled, The God of Peace. The God of Peace. I'm so thankful there's going to be a new family by this weekend. That is Juan and Sarah. They're getting married this Saturday. I see Brother Juan in here. I don't see Sarah. She must be out with the kids. But they are getting married, and I know that they would want all of y'all here, but you can't, all right? We can only have a certain number of people, but I know they would love for you to have been here. And if you see them after service, congratulate them on their marriage this Saturday. Amen. We're so thankful for them and their child that they have together. Amen. God bless them. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Judges, the sixth chapter. And if we could stand, we do this as a tradition to honor the Word of God. I'm only going to have one scripture here. Judges, the sixth chapter in verse 24. Six and 24, it says, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. To this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. He called it Jehovah Shalom. And to this day it is yet. Amen. The God of peace. The God of peace. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit as it is moving in our midst here today. I pray now, Lord, that one more time you would anoint me to be able to speak the words that you would want me to speak. And I pray that it would fall on good ground here today. 
that it would spring up within the souls of the men and women that are seated here today. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone say amen. So be it. God bless you. You may be seated today. Thank you, Brother David, for that background music. Appreciate that. Gideon, he never saw himself as a warrior, a swordsman, or even a dynamic and influential leader in his life. He, I believe, simply saw himself as a, just a survivor in the difficult days of that time period of Israel's history. Their enemy had become so strong and oppressive that they were in despair as how they were going to survive. When we find Judges, the sixth chapter, it begins that, says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And because of that, the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midianites for a period of seven years. The Midianites were descendants of Midian, the fourth son of Abraham. Midianites are first encountered in the scriptures as traitors to whom Joseph is sold to by his brothers. History and scholars believe that they were very strong in battles because of the high mobility, as the scripture even shares, because they enjoyed many camels and it contributed to the Midianite military success. They had partnerships with the Amalekites and the nomadic people of the east. The Bible says that their camels were without number and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, meaning that there were a lot of them. They were a very oppressive foe for the children of Israel. They were hungry. The children of Israel, I'm sure they were very skinny because they were in a poverty situation. See, just before the harvest, the Midianites would swarm in. They reaped the grain, leaving nothing behind for the children of Israel. Cattle and sheep were taken and the land was left barren after these attacks. So the people of Israel cried out to God for help. Even though they had drifted from God's original purpose for them, when everything seemed to turn against them, they remembered again the covenant that was made years earlier. Because of the covenant, the covenant God that they served, He always heard their cry and set into motion the events that would bring relief from the oppression of Midian. It was a continual cycle for the children of Israel. They would turn away from God, get into trouble, turn back to God, God will get them out of trouble. It's a continual up and down. Here is Gideon doing what his name meant when we find him in the scripture. He was, his name was Hewer, or one that cuts down. He was threshing wheat in that wine press to hide from the Midianites and to prevent them from rushing in to steal the grain he had managed to reserve from the harvest. 
In this obscure hiding place, an angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, proclaiming these words, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, you mighty warrior. Gideon was not impressed. Maybe I could say he was probably depressed. He was like, in my mind, this. What you talking about, Willis? I don't know if the angel's name was Willis or not, but that's what I thought of whenever I was studying this out this past week. There. You think I'm a mighty man of valor. Yeah, right. Don't you see I'm hiding out in fear? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon responded. He certainly didn't see himself as a warrior, and now he questioned whether or not the Lord was even present with them. Their ancestors had been delivered from Egyptian slavery, but now it felt as though they were again slaves in their own land, subjected to the abuse of their oppressors. Where was God in this situation? There's someone here today that thinks you're going backwards instead of forwards. You're going back to when you were enslaved in sin, and sin had you bound. Maybe you feel like God has left you in a valley or a cave as Gideon and you are hiding out because your very life depends on it. But God is not here to remind you about your past or even keep you in your present. But He is continually planning your future even now. Gideon says this, you don't understand, angel of the Lord. I am the least of the least. I am of the weakest clan in a half tribe of Israel. He is the least of his father's house. He is hiding out in an empty wine press, threshing wheat like an ox. I mean, you can't get much worse than that, but God doesn't look at the outward as he says with David. God chose Abel over Cain. He chose Isaac over Ishmael. He chose Jacob over Esau. He chose Joseph over his older ten brothers. Why? Because God doesn't look at the outside. He looks straight to the heart of a man or woman. See, strength comes from God's appointment. Of a person rather than his or her human rank or glory. It doesn't come with outward strength and muscles or great knowledge. That can get you a long ways. But really strength comes from when God comes down and points his finger your way. And says this is what I want you to do mighty man, mighty woman of valor, mighty woman of strength. And when that happens nothing can stop it. Nothing. He reminds Gideon during this time. I am with you. And I will be with you. Gideon was still not convinced. God had the right person. He confessed personal inferiority. Weakness and fear. He said, God, really, come on. Do you know who I really am inside? 
God looked and said, I see who you are, but you don't even see what I see of who you can become. There's someone here this afternoon, and you say, God, do you see who I am? He says, I see who you are, but I see past who you are. I see past your own preconceived ideas and notions. I see something that you don't even see of yourself. I see something you can become more than you even think. That's where Gideon was. He thought, God, I can't. Though it would be a process to take Gideon from where he was to where God wanted him to be, God was patiently leading him. Gideon, you mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you. God is calling you and saying again, I am going to use you. I'm going to bring great victory in your life. You don't see it right now. You're hiding out. You're afraid. You're fearful of what is going on around you. But I truly believe that even sometime this past week, God came to you even in your sleep and woke you up and said, you mighty man or a woman of valor. It might look bad on the outside, but I'm calling you as I did Esther for such a time as this do not be afraid to go before the king do not be afraid because I go with you I will bring victories every step of the way where you step I will step where you are I will be there Gideon's response to this initial encounter with God, seeing this angel of the Lord face to face, was to build an altar to worship. There, as he built this altar and put the sacrifice on this altar, there, sacrifice of that goat. Bread that he scrounged up in the midst of a famine, the broth that he poured over it, fire came out of that altar as the angel of God touched it, consumed that sacrifice. And there Gideon looked and said, This altar, this altar is called Jehovah. Shalom. The Lord of peace. It was there that he found that God was the Lord of peace. Jehovah. Shalom. In the chaos of trouble, Gideon found solace in his relationship with the God of peace. And the Lord said in Judges 6 and 23, the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. You might be hiding out Gideon. You might be fearful and you think that all of your life is surrounded by this one thing. You only think that you are a hewer of the land. You only think that you're good enough. All you're good enough is just to cut things down and see it die all around you. All you've been doing your whole life is not building, but you've just been cutting. You've just been cutting. And every time you cut, the thing that you cut, it dies. 
eyes. But Gideon, I also know your name means mighty warrior. And you're going to go past just cutting things down in your life. You're going to go to a deliverance, a deliverer. And I will use you, Gideon, to deliver my people. There, one of the darkest chapters of Israel's history, the downward spiral, the downward spiral as God had brought them into the land of promise, the dire warnings of the past that had been forgotten. They had forsaken their covenant relationship of the one true God. They embraced pagan practices and cultic religions. And in the condition of their chaos, the conditions of their chaos are illustrated in numerous stories of oppression and deliverance. But when troubles came, it called out to a God and a judge. And a judge was raised up to lead them. But in this story, this cynical pattern of defeat, despair, desperation, and finally deliverance. God raised up a man who didn't look like the rest. Who didn't have the pedigree. Who didn't have the right name. But God said, I'm going to go to the deepest, darkest valley of this man's life. I'm going to go into a cave he's hiding out in. And I'm going to send an angel of mine just to tell him, Gideon, Get up, get up. You're a mighty man of valor. You're not a hewer anymore. Get up, get up. I got my name attached to your life, Gideon. Get up and get out. The unlikely leader. I'm there. God called. He said, Verse 14, go in the strength you have, Gideon. He didn't say, go with strength that you don't have. Go with anointing that you don't have. Go with the power that you don't have. He said, no, Gideon, what you have is enough. And I want you to go in your strength, Gideon. I don't want you to go in the preacher's next door strength. I don't want you to act like that pastor on TV. I don't want you to act like the saint that you're sitting next to. Because you're not them and they're not you. But you do your thing, Gideon. You go in your strength, Gideon. And that day he said, I don't know if I even have the strength. But God said, I'm going to show you something with the peace of God that passes all understanding. When you don't think you're enough, that's when my peace comes and says you are enough you are enough because of Jehovah Shalom Jehovah Shalom God said am I not sending you (laughs) am I not sending you Gideon brothers sisters you're not sending yourself this is not something that you are doing but God is the one that's sending you 
God is the one who found you. God is the one who's going to bring you out of the pit. God is the one who's going to give you strength instead of fear. God is the one who's going to raise you up out of the pits of sin that you've been stuck in a long time. And He's saying, the strength you have is perfect because when my strength comes in, it is perfect for every need and every situation. You might not have enough, but when the peace of God that passes, all understanding comes in, it brings a strength Gideon, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. So that day, as we come to our text again, built that altar. Said, God, I've not had peace for a long time. And my world is a mess. I've been rocked in 2020 like never before. You don't even understand, God. Somewhere along the time of his distrust and fear, something came down. And he said, Now I understand. The Lord is peace. Yahweh. Shalom. Yahweh. Shalom. There. That altar was built. It said that altar. It remained. It did not just. Stay there. For a moment. It did not just built one day and gone the next. But it says when he called it Jehovah Shalom, it says unto this day it is yet. Unto this day it is still there. It says to me the altar that Gideon constructed was a place that remained. It means it stood the test of time. The altar remained until at least that book of Judges was written. And this is the reason that text recorded unto this day it is yet. Why? Because it served as a memorial to preserve the memories that they had built in that place. It was a place of permanence. Why? Because it always, the peace of God always stands the test of time. It doesn't matter what you go through. It's a lasting quality of God Himself that He brings peace into every situation and crisis. As I'm coming and hurrying to a close. So how do you have peace in your life? How do you have peace in challenging times? Well, number one, let's have peace with that that be over there in Jesus' name. <laughs> in the first service, I had one buzzing right here <laughs> with me. Number one, create a personal place of prayer. The psalmist wrote, 
Psalm 91, I'm reading from the New King James Version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Number two, you need to commit yourself to God's calling. Whatever the call of God is in your life, you need to commit to that. Psalms 37 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. When Gideon committed himself to the call, that's when he found a place of peace. When he said yes, peace came. Number three, you need to confirm that He is with you and that He is your peace. This was Paul's benediction. as He said in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Number four, you need to continue a lasting legacy of devotion to God in your family. Biographies of Pentecostal pioneers and the testimony of our elders share the faith of our founders with succeeding generations. I've read about Azusa Street and all the wonderful things that happened there. I've also read at the merger of the United Pentecostal Church International, great missionaries that we have had in the UPCI. I've read books from men and even seen him and met him personally, like Brother Alan Augs, who overcame his disability because he had the want to. Sister Nona Freeman and her husband, they called Bug, were the first UPCI missionaries to South Africa. They served 41 years. I've read books from Sister Nona Freeman called In the Bag, The Unseen Hands. Testimonies like a man who just passed away this past week, Brother T.W. Dross, missionary to Spain, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Belize, and Mexico. Finally, I think he was the superintendent of Mexico. We have legacies. We have lasting legacies of devotion. Even in this church, we have a legacy of devotion for 42 years of men and women who have come through the doors of firstborn. Likewise, the impact of our devotion during times of crisis will be an enduring memorial and a lasting witness to our family and friends. I believe when people look back at 2020, they're going to look back and they're going to see lasting memorials of devotion and dedication of men and women here at Firstborn Ministries. Firstborn, we've been through a lot this year. There's been a lot of tragedy, a lot of heartache, a lot of issues and problems. But guess what? Through it all, I can look back, Brother Jason, at the last eight months, nine months, and say, through through it all, through four months of not being able to come to 
church, uh, through all the tragedies, uh, we, we at Firstborn uh, have men and women uh, who have desired in their hearts, uh, I am going to continue the good fight of faith uh, because I am going to be a lasting memorial. I am going to be a legacy for my family. I'm going to be a legacy for my friends. Uh, Brother Steve, uh, people are going to look back at you in 10, 20 years and say, uh, I remember when Brother Steve was up there on those drums, uh, two services, every single Sunday, uh, he was devoted. Why? Uh, because he has a lasting legacy here uh, at Firstborn. Uh, uh, people are going to look back and say, Sister Jeannie, uh, you were there. Uh, you were there when no one else was there, uh, making sure our death ministry uh, had someone when we were online. Uh, they're going to look back at you and say, uh, if they made it through 2020, uh, I can make it through 2030. I can make it through 2040. If they had the peace of God then, I can have the peace of God now. Why? Because the altar is still alive. That altar that was built is still there. It's still there. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. I claim it right now in this atmosphere. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. We serve a God of peace. I claim it right now in the name of Jesus. For every single family. For every single person watching. Jehovah Shalom. Finally today, we must embrace His peace. It's more than just God bringing the peace. We can reject it. We can push it to the side. Because of the hurt that is inside of our lives. Just like Gideon tried his best to push aside the angel of the Lord with every excuse in the book. But the peace of God chases you. God doesn't want you to live in fear and defeat. He said, peace I leave with you. And John, not as the world gives peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You need to confidently resist the temptation of anxiety. Fearful fretting produces anxiety and nervousness, high blood pressure, all kinds of things, does things, all kinds of things to the body. Yes, we have times of, of anxiousness. But God does not want us to live in that perpetual state. It's the complete opposite of who God is. Desires to bring us peace. Peace in the Hebrew text is shalom. The traditional greeting for Jews and Jews is shalom. It's peace unto you. Peace unto your family. Shalom. 
means don't fret. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Shalom also means wholeness, completeness, harmony, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. All which God desires for you. And so when he put those words together, it would never leave again an attribute, a spoken attribute of God. And he said, Jehovah, Shalom. I close with this story. Some of you might have seen this Friday. Senior pastor and I went live. Actually, we were on a little bit longer than we thought. We were on for over 30 minutes, I think, talking. Some of you might have watched that. Whenever I say 9-11, every one of us in this room is old enough to understand what that means. 9-1-1. On Friday, we remembered... That horrific day, 19 years ago, President George W. Bush, the president at that time, his speech still echoes in my ears from 19 years ago. There, on September the 14th, just three days later, the president went to ground zero. He stood with the rescue workers and the firefighters and the police on top of the smoldering rubble of the fallen Twin Towers. They were still on fire. There he gave this speech. I tried to pull up the picture today and our internet was not cooperating with us. But I'm sure you remember it. He's standing next to a retired firefighter and older gentleman there they're standing on top of this big pile he had a bullhorn in his hand there the president was addressing the responders the president took that bullhorn and I think someone was holding it for him he might have been holding it and I know he's holding the little thing that you talk into and He said these words. I want you all to know that America today, America today is on bended knee in prayer. In prayer for the people who lost their lives here. For the workers who worked here. For the families who mourn here. This nation stands with the good people of of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut As we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens, the president said. As Bush continued his speech in this chaotic setting, using a simple megaphone that projected his voice, rescue workers were heard yelling from the back, We can't hear you! We can't hear you! Remember as the president kind of stopped and kind of looked at the bullhorn and then he said these 
famous words that will forever be etched into my mind. He raised it back up and with them saying, we can't hear you. The president had a look of determination that struck on his face. He raised it and he yelled out. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And with that, the speech was over. Because the crowd erupted into chants of USA. 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 Some of you all here in this place have been fearful because of the unknown. You have been afraid because of the task. You're asking, where is the peace? It feels like my world is crashing in. Not only where is the peace, but where is my God? Some of you have said these words, God, are you there? I can't hear you. I've talked to people over the last few months. I say, Anthony, I can't hear him. I can't hear God. But I almost see here in my mind's eye. As you're screaming, I can't hear you the Lord is looking down here this morning he says but I can hear you I can hear you I can hear you you might not be able to hear me because of the wind and the storm and the, and the waves and the problems all around you and the fear that has afflicted your heart. But don't you remember I said in my word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you even until the end of this world. And so when you can't hear me, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. And one day, that storm you're in, it hears you too and one day I'm going to step in and they're going to hear all of us you just speak keep speaking to the air you keep speaking words of life you keep speaking words of life and not death you keep speaking I am victorious I am a warrior I can be who God wants me to be I am who God says I am and one day that feeling you have that you can't hear one day he's going to come in like a mighty rushing wind as it was in the upper room just as the United States did with Bin Laden it was a time where he thought he was safe but the United States said you're never safe and we might not hear you but we are yelling at you and saying we're coming and getting you I'm here to tell you the enemy is just so afraid of you standing up and speaking life into the situation. The enemy is so afraid of you standing up and saying, I am a child of God.
Because when you do that, that's when God responds and says, Yes, I am. Yes, I am, Jehovah Shalom. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am the Lord of peace. And as senior pastor said last Sunday uh, Sunday morning, before we went and prayed for Brother Kyle, just as he said silence to the winds and waves, I believe God is getting ready to stand up in your corner and say, you've been talking a long time and haven't heard me, but I'm getting ready to show the world and I'm getting ready to show up and show out of my miraculous power that I have. Gideon! Get out of the cave. Gideon! Stand up for what you believe in. Gideon! If you come out with me, I'll prove to you time and time again that I am the Lord of peace. You're going to go and you're going to fight the Midianites. You're going to defeat them. But along the way, the reason why I still have that altar there, Hadrian, is because you are going to have to be reminded along the way in the defeat of the enemy that I'm still the Lord of peace in your life. Gideon, you're going to go with 22,000 men and you're going to thank my Lord. I only have 22,000. Lee, we're going to be defeated. But I'm going to show up again. I'm going to say, you got too many men. Then you're going to have to look back at that altar you built and say, God, you're still the God of peace. You're still the God of peace. You're still the God of peace. I know. I know. You're still. God, you want me to cut it down again? Yeah, that's right, Gideon. I need to remind you again, I'm the God of peace. I need you to go and 300 men. They're going to beat that whole military. And they're going to run for their life with 300 men because I'm the God of peace and I'm the God who does what he says I will do and if he did it for Gideon he will do it for you he will do it for you he will do it for you I feel faith rising at the end of this service he'll do it for you he'll do it for you I want to tell you there's more that are with us that are with them I know it doesn't look like it but there's more that are with us that are within Gideon there's more with you that are with the Midianites there's more There's more. There's more. I said there's more. Well, there's more. Let the God of peace come inside of your life. Why don't you raise a hand right now and say, Lord, I need you to come inside. This has been a crazy, crazy year. But I am claiming what that altar meant. Over 2,000, more than 2,000 years ago, I'm claiming that you are the God of peace still. That altar is still standing. It's still there. We can run to it. Whoa, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. There's peace. Peace. Oh, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep all my spirit forever, I pray. Pillows of love. This morning, whenever I sang that song, I had a my brain lapse. And I kept singing in fabulous billows of love. But that's true. I don't know why I sang that this morning like that. I've heard this song since I was a baby. But someone in that, need, that church needed to know. He's fabulous. It's fabulous, Billows. It's not only fathomless, but it's also fabulous. Oh, hallelujah. And so peace, peace, oh, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever. I pray in fathomless pillows of love. Can we just sing this again and make this your prayer? As we close this service, we say peace, God's peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Oh, sweep over us, Lord. Sweep over my spirit forever. I pray in fathomless pillows of love. And now, Lord, we thank you for you speaking to each and every man and woman in this place. Thank you for your peace, for shalom. You are Jehovah. You are the mighty God. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the everlasting Father. You are the first and the last. Oh, I thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, you would go now with these wonderful men and women. Be with them this week. Let the peace of God, as we have shared, that passes all understanding, be with them. We thank you, Lord, as we embrace the peace that you have for our lives in every situation, in every problem, to know that you are there. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. God bless you here this afternoon. Thank you for coming to Firstborn. We pray the Lord has ministered to you. I pray the Lord will bless you and keep you. I pray that His face will shine upon you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you this morning. Coming down from the Father above.
sweep over my spirit forever I pray Oh, we say one more time. Peace. God's peace. We need your peace coming down from the Father. It comes down from the Father above. Sweet love my spirit forever. In fathomless pillows of love. 